At Arizona State University, we offer a wide variety of degree programs online to match all kinds of interests and career aspirations. Programs that are taught by the same notable faculty who teach on campus and designed using innovative technology to improve learning outcomes and equip you for post-graduation success. That's why 87% of ASU online graduates indicated they were promoted at work or received an increase in salary after earning their degree. Find your program at asuonline.asu.edu. Hey, folks, it's a Sunday. That means it's time to jump into the Ben Shapiro Show mailbag. Remember, you have to be a Daily Wire Plus subscriber to have your question answered. So go subscribe right now. Sam says, hey, Ben, I'm 31 years old, not married. Although I'd like to be living in a small town, I'm not sure how to find someone who'd be the right match for me. That said, in talking to a therapist recently, I said I don't feel like I can be a whole person until I find a wife. And while she agreed I should find someone, she said I need to be a whole and happy person regardless of relationship status. I'm wondering what your thoughts on the matter are. Thanks. Well, I mean, I think that you guys are probably speaking at cross purposes. So your, your therapist is saying that you shouldn't make your entire life happiness and ability to thrive in society dependent on finding a partner right now, or again, you are going to have a tough time. However, what you're saying is obviously correct in the sense that you are not going to be a full person until you get married. I mean, that, that is just the way of the world. You were supposed to get married. It is a good thing for, for people to get married. And the notion that a man or a woman shall become one flesh is ingrained in biblical morality. It also happens to be ingrained in human biology. So, you know, the, you're, you're not wrong that your life will be more complete and you'll be more of a complete person with a wife. However, what your therapist is basically saying is that it is unhealthy mentality to go forward thinking of all the things that you're missing in your life. It's going to make you less likely to find the person you're likely to marry if you seem like you're not self-sufficient or like you're needy or like you have some serious problems. Vananan says, why is the truth so important? I'm an 18-year-old student from Finland. I recently argued with one of my liberal friends about transgenderism, and during the debate, my friend asked me, why is the truth so important? And I found myself in a difficult situation because I didn't expect to have to defend the importance of truth itself. How can one answer such a question? I mean, the the answer to that question is because we can't have a conversation if truth is not important to you. Like You, you literally cannot have a conversation with a person who believes that lying is equivalent to the truth or that untruth is equivalent to the truth. There's no common basis for even the meaning of words at that point. There's no objective argument that can be made. What is the point of even speaking to people? Truth is the underlying value that allows people to communicate with one another. If we're all just lying to each other all of the time, then what exactly is the point of conversation? What is the point of having a society at all? I mean, you're essentially just you know, walled off in your own bubble, like John Travolta in The Bubble Boy at that point. Bradley says, hey, Ben, with the rise of AI, do you have any advice on what skills to learn to remain competitive in the job market? What types of jobs will remain as AI continues to grow? I'm nervous I won't have the necessary skills or intelligence to remain competitive. I think everybody right now is worried about what exactly is going to happen as AI continues to grow. I, you know, I don't know because I think that anybody who claims they know what's going to happen next with AI is engaging in a failure of imagination. What I will say is fluency with the ability to use AI will definitely be one of the things that is useful about AI, meaning getting familiar with the technology, actually figuring what prompts work, for example, in AI, that's an actual skill set. You know, figuring out creative solutions in business that that allow for the possibility of synergies between different sectors. That is going to be, uh, you know, anything that is feelings oriented is probably going to be of higher value once AI takes over, because again, human beings have the capacity to express sympathy in a way that, that machines simply do not, at least not physically. So, you know, th there will be areas, but I, th I don't think all of that's going to be clear. Let's put it this way. I think that truck driving is uh, in serious trouble, for example, as an industry. Uh, I think that logistics is in serious trouble as an industry. I think that Mid-level lawyering is in serious trouble as an industry. Anything that requires you to better understand human beings than AI does, that is, that is where the money is going to be made. And Jeffrey says, hey, Ben, is Haley and Scott running the best case scenario or worst case scenario for DeSantis in South Carolina? I mean, obviously, it's not good for, South, for DeSantis in South Carolina for both Haley and Scott to be in the race. In fact, there's a new poll out today showing that 
right now, the the breakdown of that primary looks like Trump 38, DeSantis 23, Haley 15, Scott 10. So that's 25 points that's being taken off the board by Haley and Scott in South Carolina. So I think it's going to last all that way to the primary. I doubt it. But is that good for, for DeSantis? I can't imagine it is. And some of those votes from Haley or Scott presumably would go over to Trump, but I, I would imagine a larger number would probably go over to DeSantis. Chris says, hey, Ben, my wife and I are trying for our first baby. We're considering homeschooling our kids when the time comes. I'd like for them to be raised with a classical education that emphasizes Western ideals like individualism, free market economics, limited government, and human property rights. At the same time, neither my wife and I are very religious. Much of what exists in regards to teaching kids is a classical curriculum appears to be really Christian fundamentalism. I understand the Western tradition was heavily influenced by Judeo-Christian values. I don't mind teaching our kids some religious teachings as one component of a well-rounded education. At the same time, I want our kids to think critically and to believe in, you know, dinosaurs and evolution and stuff. Is there anything you could recommend in regards to a classical curriculum that's not so ideological or doctrinaire in nature? Is there a term for a private school that teaches such things? Thanks for your help. So first of all, I think this notion that uh, private religious schools are not teaching that evolution is real or that dinosaurs are, are real, uh, that, that's not true. So I went to a religious Orthodox day school and they taught evolution. They taught about dinosaurs. Yeah, again, that, that sort of stuff that there are obviously religious schools that won't, but I think that that uh, is, um, is less common than you probably think it is. As far as homeschooling curriculum, Hillsdale College, I believe, has a K through 12 curriculum uh, that is more classical in orientation. There, there are several other organizations that do something similar. Anonymous says, hey, Ben, I'm writing to you because I saw your episode on the problems of the porn. I couldn't agree more. I'm an 18-year-old man who's about to graduate high school. I've been trying to quit porn for years. Unfortunately, I still have a problem. I have a sense that in order to quit porn, I'm going to have to find something in life more engaging than the porn, but this has proven difficult. Is there any advice you can give me? I hate that one part of me wants to wait for marriage and find a good conservative girl. Another part of me loves porn and wants to pursue casual sex in college. So, okay, so first of all, the part of you that loves porn and wants to pursue casual sex in college, that is just the lizard brain part of you. Okay, that's true for all men. All men would like to pursue casual sex. That's what the testosterone does. Okay, just real world. That's true in great apes. It's true in you. Okay. As far as the higher desire to find a good conservative girl and get married, that is you channeling your baser instincts toward something higher. As far as addiction to pornography, the only way to get over it, it's not that you have to find something quote unquote better than pornography. The answer is you can't do it. Okay, you're going to have to find prophylactic measures of preventing yourself from seeing that stuff. So you're gonna have to put web filters on it and make the web filter on your computer answerable to a friend, somebody you trust, a therapist, a parent, right? Some, somebody else who is not you. So you don't actually have the capacity to view that sort of stuff. You're gonna have to prophylactically restrict your access to internet websites on your phone. You're gonna have to do all of these things to stop yourself. It, just like any other addiction, you have to stop yourself from accessing the actual, the actual material in order to prevent yourself from thinking about that sort of stuff. Now, are you always going to succeed? No, but every day that you succeed is a day that you're not failing. And that's the way to think about pornography, Try, trying to pretend that, that it's sort of like saying somebody is addicted to cocaine. What I really need is something that's going to give me a better high than cocaine. Well, good luck with that. What you really need to do is not take the cocaine. And Will says, hey, Ben, with how much division there is in the country, I feel there are truly only two ways to end it. Either we peacefully agree to split the country in some fashion with terms to defend one another from anyone who would try to attack us or another civil war. I'm curious if you think there's any realistic way of uniting the country anymore at this point. Again, I think federalism is the only solution. Uh, a, rev uh, a revised version of federalism in which states are able to do basically what they want within their own purviews is the only way you're going to have any sort of agreement. And there's a conversation I had with Anna Kasparian. We basically agreed to disagree on this. I said, you want to live in California? Good. But let me Florida my Florida. I don't, I don't want California my Florida. And if you don't want me Florida in your California, good news. I left. Haley says, my husband and I were watching Jewish matchmaking on Netflix this past week, and we're wondering if you've seen the show, and if so, if so what your thoughts are like. Was any part similar to your dating experience? How do you think Judaism was portrayed on the show? Uh, so I actually have not watched this show, so I'll have to take a look, I suppose, and then evaluate the accuracy of it. 
Matthew says, I was wondering as to which principles you use when making the choice of either voting for the lesser of two evils or not voting on that portion of the ballot and filling out the rest of it. This is a great question. In 2016, I didn't vote at the top of the ballot. The reason I didn't vote at the top of the ballot was uh, twofold. One, I thought that it was important as a voice in the conservative movement to signify that I did not approve of either of these candidates. And if Trump won, then great. And if Trump lost, then it was important that there are people who say that, you know, I didn't like things about his character. I didn't think that, um, you know, he ran a, a particularly good campaign and that the Republicans should do better next time. And withholding a vote is a form of vote for, for against both parties. You know, I didn't recommend anybody vote for Hillary Clinton, God forbid. So, you know, the, that is one argument. Now, if I'd been living, I was also living in California where my vote made no difference. If I'd been like the deciding vote on the election, right? It comes down, it's like 75 million Americans have voted for Hillary. 75 million Americans have voted for Trump. How do you vote? I vote for Trump. I don't, I don't abstain. But, you know, the, the, the math changes based on who you are, based on where you live. I was living in California. It wasn't a swing state. It's a little bit complex. All righty, we've reached the end of this mailbag. So we'll see you here tomorrow. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 